Kayla Breeze has a special tonight. We believe, we believe. 
got greater things are yet to come, greater things are still to be done in this city. greater things could be done through God. And, you know, a lot of times I've heard that all my life that uh, and say, well, do you think we could do better? Do you think we could do greater things for God? And they say, well, if the Lord wants us to, uh, we could do it with His strength and His might. Folks, that ought to be always understood, <laughs> that we're always to operate under the Lord. We're always to operate through his strength. So whenever another brother or sister in Christ asks you, well, do you think we could do greater things for God? Yeah, because we are all already thinking, well, everything we do is under his strength, his guidance, his power. So that ought to be just automatically. I, that's what I believe, that we should operate under his guidance, his initiative. So did you know this? Did you know that... Uh, you know, God has already been blessed in promised land. I mean, we've been having for the past four to six weeks just more and more and different and different uh, guests and visitors. This morning there were two other families uh, directly tied through our upward ministry that were here just uh, visiting our church and just uh, endured. So we should be so thankful. We should be thankful uh, for that outreach. Again, kind of the way I described uh it's a neat ministry because it brings people from Ashley County. We don't have to go out and hunt them because they come to us. And then we get to visit. And when you say minister, you know what that means? It, obviously, many of you do. It just means serve. Let me serve you. How can we as promised land serve you? And that should be our heart's desire did you know we should be, look at ourselves, like we're, we're a church here and we're celebrating 150 years, should be of serving our community, of serving Ashley County, of serving Hamburg, the area. There's people from all over that are, are coming here now uh, this morning from uh, several families from Crossit and Portland and a whole area around here coming. And so... And we kind of did this introduction, and I'm going to uh, flesh it out some more as we look at it. But just back to First Peter on Sunday nights, I was wanting a, a, a general direction to go, and the Lord settled on my heart, the book of First Peter. And so we've got uh, two series going. I tell you, you know, a lot of times preachers, and you can just do, uh, I've done it for years and years, you can just do uh, uh, hit and miss preaching, but you know, when I say hit and miss preaching, you just say, well, okay, I've got 66 books to pick from, 
And ever how many verses that, that is and chapters, I think there's 1,100, and, and Miss Denise might have that somewhere in the front cover of her Bible, uh, how many chapters are in the Bible. We were doing some Bible trivia and the importance of the Word of God in class earlier. But uh, you can just pick. You can pick anything. If you preach the word of God, number one, you can't go wrong. Okay. If you preach the word of God, so but systematically taking the Bible and looking at it uh, verse by verse. Number one, you can't always. De- if you do that, it makes you deal with the tough stuff. It makes you deal with difficult passages. Number two, a preacher doesn't get trapped into preaching his favorite verses all the time in his favorite places. You have to deal with stuff you don't normally deal with. So uh, just good expository exegesis of the Scriptures. First Peter, now we covered verses 1 through 2, and it is about the power of a changed life. And, and tonight, heading from the introduction into, let's talk about if, if the Word of God, if my relationship with Jesus Christ is real, it leads to a changed life. The power of it, and that's really the theme we're going to carry throughout this uh, series as we look at God's Word. Uh, we'll just take off from First Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of the dead. Uh, we won't continue reading, so we're just going to uh, immediately just tackle this verse and, and look at it. You know, I don't know what you may be going through in your life right now, but I want you to think back, back whenever you were first saved. Remember whenever you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I think I mentioned that this morning, but that cannot be overemphasized. I re- clearly remember where I was when I asked Jesus Christ to save me. I did not think when I was 10 years old that I, I figured I had a memory like an elephant, Miss Barbara. I figured I'd never forget, but I did. I don't remember what they, I don't even remember. You know that song, it was on a Monday, somebody, I can't, I didn't remember to write it down, so I have to stand up on it was a one day when Jesus touched me, because I don't remember what day of the week it was. But I remember where I was. I remember my mom's words telling me, I'm a sinner. Michael, you think you're a sinner? Yes, Mom, I know I'm a sinner. I remember when I lied to you. I'm so sorry I was under conviction. Just, Mom, time out. Don't bring up the past. I just need to pray and be saved. Don't preach to me anymore, Mom. And so I said, where can we bow down? And we was right there. So we went in my sister's bedroom and I wanted to, Bow down, I bowed down there at the bed, and Mom prayed first. And she said, after I get done, you pray all on your own and ask Jesus Christ to save you. And I did. I didn't write down what words I said, but folks, that's why God's Word, and I've preached this before, He didn't put anybody's prayer in there. Or it would have become a mantra and a set of prayers. But y'all remember, I mean, it's so... If you can't remember, now like I say, we may forget details. We may not, we may not even remember the month or the, it may have blend into a year. But I remember when I met Jesus. I remember. I think, I think that's very important. I, I do think, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, you can forget whenever, I won't read over there, but you can look at it later. You can forget when you 
uh, came to know Jesus. That's bad backslidden, folks, when you can forget that you were ever saved. You know, whenever, according to this verse right here, uh, this, this verse says here, abundant mercy. There's two phrases, abundant mercy and lively hope. You know, uh, this abundant mercy just simply means this. It means a great amount of mercy that we've been born again to. A, and it says here in, in uh, the King James Version, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Folks, we have received a, a living Hope And this living hope that we've received also is because of not only the resurrection, but it's based upon one thing, and that is the power of the Word of God. It's a living hope because it's grounded in the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed. When you got saved, you weren't born again of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Folks, this, this new birth is made possible because of that, because of uh, the power of the Word of God. All right, now let's skip back to our text and let's just look at verse 4 and 5. And what I called verse 4 and 5 is the security of your relationship. The security of your relationship. First Peter chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, to inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Number one, it says this is an inheritance. You know, an inheritance is something you didn't work for. Is it? You know, I've worked hard all my life, and I've earned, I've got me a 401K, and I've got this, I've got an IRA, and I've got this, and because of, but you know, if you work for it, that's one thing. But you know what an inheritance is? Inheritance is not something that is given to you. Number one, you didn't earn and you didn't work for it. So guess what salvation is? Can you earn salvation? Can you work to get salvation? The Bible backs both those statements up. You can't earn it and you can't work to get it. So Peter chose an excellent word. We have received, when we got saved, we received an, an inheritance. An inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. The word incorruptible simply means this. It simply means nothing can ruin it. This is a, a, and also undefiled, it cannot be stained or cheapened anyway. Uh, I want you, if you would, to take a peek at Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 and 18. This is a pretty neat. So I'm receiving, when I got saved, I didn't know it. But God became my heavenly Father, and He had inheritance for me in Romans chapter 8. In verse 17, the Word of God says this, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, or excuse me, with Christ, 
If so be that we've suffered with him, we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, and our, our number, you know, thinking about our text and what's what we have here, and it says that we're kept in verse five, First Peter chapter one, verse five. It says we're kept by the power of God through faith. So we're kept by the power of God. Our reservation is secure. I'll never forget. And uh, I, I didn't put this on any of the slides that I made, but uh, I'll never forget. Getting married to Karen, and I uh, asked her to marry me in 1988. We stayed married for uh, about, I mean, excuse me, engaged for about 15 months. I get the order correct, get the order correct. When and it was just after she finished, I just can't believe, you know, I think about Taylor coming up. This It was right after her junior year in high school. And uh, I was talking about this, Martin, you know, Merlin and Norman, they started young, and uh and so we was talking, comparing notes one day in, in Miss Merlin's age. And, you know, so it's right after junior year in high school. I was like, man, how could they? But, of course, I hung around the family, and I did not wander, okay? Wasn't going to let her wander off because I knew I'd found a good one. But so I asked her to marry me, and I had plans. And so I went to this uh, hotel. And I've always been pretty good at keeping records. I, normally, and I keep up with them. Normally. You know, everybody... You can slip up. And I remember I used to, and I love to keep records on all the maintenance on my automobiles. And every time I think of something, I say, Karen, can you? She said, no, don't make me write stuff in the back of the owner's manual again. No, no, not the oil change in the diamond belt. And I, I write it all down. And so, but I made a reservation, but I made it like six months ahead of time for our hotel room for the wedding night. Got all my T's crossed, all my I's dotted. Get there, tux, white, tails. She's in a dress with a train. We walk in, I mean, we're in full decor. Okay? Reservation for Michael Reeves? Sir, I don't show a reservation for you. (laughs) No reservation whatsoever. I had it in the wallet. I was ready. Reservation, copy, verified receipt, paid in full. Give me my room now. And uh, I might have said it like that. And normally, and um, carried her to her room, our room. But they had to give me a room because I had proof. But according to this verse right here, we don't have to worry about somebody losing our reservation. It says, it says it, reserved in heaven for you and me. It's a reservation that cannot be lost. Jesus Christ is going to keep up. Folks, when He puts your name in the Lamb's book of life, it won't be lost. It's a reservation that's secure. It'll be held on to. You're not going to lose it. And uh, we can take assurance in that uh, fact, there's two other scriptures. You, you, you don't have to turn there. You can if you want to. But uh, in John chapter 10 and verse uh, 27, very famous verse. And 
And then, of course, the other famous one you just may want to mark. I'm, I just don't have time to read it tonight. And that is in uh, Romans eight thirty-five through 39 is really good. But Romans 10, I'll read it, which says this. <clears throat> my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them to them eternal life. Uh, Karen had the opportunity to uh, witness to one of her co-workers about, it had to do with security. And and uh, did you know that a lot of people believe that you, there are certain things you can do to lose your salvation? And including, of course, the most famous way is uh, does a person that commits suicide, do they get a, a one-way ticket into hell? Is that in the Bible anywhere? And of course it's not. You know, that, that uh, so there is not a, there's only one unforgivable sin, and it's to not accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, to tell the Holy Spirit, no, I'm not. I reject, I don't, you can say it any way you want to, all right? But so you don't. Have, by the way, if you lose your salvation, you only had it for a year. He didn't give you eternal life. He gave you one year life. And so, but it says here to give them. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And so the, the next part we'll go to just, you know, quickly trying to move along is, of course, verse 6 and 7. I'm back in First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says this, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, so, that's man, that's pretty interesting. Wait a second. So, before I finish reading verse 7, before I finish reading verse 7, let me ask you this. So, we've done gone to, man, number one, aren't you glad you're saved? Number two, aren't you glad you can't lose it? Number three, wait a second. I did not read the fine print where I may have trouble. I may have some problems now that I've been saved. Wait a second, I didn't, it was that in the contract, I missed it. Yes, it's in the contract. There will be tough times after you're saved. There will be difficulties, and guess who's speaking? The fellow that denied Jesus, we did all that in the introduction. Remember the fellow that was a big mouth, the fellow that was boisterous, the fellow that spoke out of turn, the fellow that went from, remember Matthew uh, 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 16, where he went from being a hero to a hill. Remember that? I mean, all in the same chapter, he said, You are the Christ, the Son of living God, to whom shall we go? You are the one, the Messiah. Yep, Peter, you're, man, you are acing this test. Then he said, You ain't going to Jerusalem to die. And then Jesus said, just get, get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things that be of God. Well, oops. So this is the fellow that he knew about trials. 
he knew about temptations. You know, and it says back in verse 6, it says, wherein you greatly rejoice. And I've got a, a comma in my Bible. So verse 6 says, did you know, folks, it's okay to rejoice about salvation. I'm saved. I'm saved. Yes, I'm saved. Praise the Lord. I'm saved. You can say that. And you ought to rejoice because I'm saved. But then it goes to verse 7 where it says that's a trial of your faith. Hmm. Trial of your faith according to 6 and 7. There's seasons. Trials are... You're in heaviness in verse 6 through manifold temptations. word... Manifold just means various. And you may have a different version than the King James Version. The word manifold just means various, different. different. You know, you're, every one of you have different temptations. And listen to me very quickly. Some of you say that just, you know, drinking just doesn't tempt me. But to some people in our church, it is their Achilles heel. It may not tempt you at all, but some folks, it's their Achilles heel, which means their greatest weakness. And some people may say, well, I'm just never tempted to cuss, but there may be somebody in our church that just struggles with just cussing, 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 and just and it, it hurts their testimony around others. You see what I mean? That's why it says various temptations, various trials. All of us have weaknesses, and your weakness may not be somebody else's weakness, so don't, be, don't go putting this wrong. If you put somebody else down because they have a weakness you don't have, you say, how could you succumb to that? How You're just, you're just weak. You're just pitiful. I just don't see. I'm just, I'm just, you're just, meh. We look down on others because their weakness may not be our weakness, so we put them down. And that's wrong. That's wrong. We need to lift them up in prayer and encourage them. The Bible's full of encouragement when a brother or sisters. Galatians chapter 6 says that. Brethren, if a man be six one, brethren, if a man be overtaken in fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one. Pray for him, lift their burdens up. Ye which are spiritual means I'm actually a mature, grown up Christian. But if you're not a mature, grown up Christian, when you see somebody else fall, it's time to pounce on them and kick the Christian while they're down. Yeah, let's let them have it. As soon as I see them fall, I'm nailing them. Shark bait, shark food, yeah. Let's eat them up and spit them out. If I see somebody, that's that's the opposite. That's the world, and we need a lot of less worldly Christians. So, um, Peter was saying through the manifold temptations, yeah, you're in heaviness. You're in heaviness. Is all this necessary? You know, I, I thank the Lord that we do have. Why, you know, I've had my. <laughs> my children, all of them have asked, do I have to go to school today? <laughs> you know, whenever uh, Karen was having uh, our children, she said, uh, she looked at me when she was having those severe contractions and she said, you did this to me? What? what? Why, in other words, why does life have to hurt? Why do I have to go through things I don't enjoy? I don't like school. I don't like... Did you know what the Bible says about your Christian life? You know what it says? You have to go through various 
trials and temptations. It's a part of the Christian life. It is. And whoa, that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. What? What? When you're going through a middle of a trial, it doesn't feel like preciousness. It doesn't feel worth anything when you're going through a trial. But James chapter 1 and verse 2 through 4, it says it is precious. Matter of fact, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into, it says in the King James, divers are different. Again, so James agrees with Peter, different temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So, all of this, it says that the trial of my faith is more precious than gold. I'm back in First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. That perishes. It's more precious than gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. So, wait a second. I don't get a slap on the back or a, or a thank you until what? Until Jesus, I want, I tell you what, I'm, I'm just, I've been through a preacher, you don't believe, I've been through a lot, I want my reward now. <laughs> I, I want to have my cake and eat it too, I want my reward now. Wait, I have to wait till when? Uh, according to the Word of God, you're gonna have to wait till Jesus comes. Did you know that it's a great time, I say a great time, when we get our rewards, be good. I don't know about the judgment seat of Christ, Always being a big party. When do I get recognized? <laughs> Real quickly, I want to look at a couple of scriptures. Just it's still here in First Peter, uh, chapter four. First Peter, chapter four, and verse twelve. The Word of God says this, beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. What? Would you stop saying this? Is, you know what it's like? You know what this, you know what this sounds like? First Peter chapter 1 and First Peter chapter 4. You know what it sounds like? You mean I want the world and Satan to hit me and I'm supposed to smile? <laughs> you mean... That's what it says. Does it say? It says it again. First Peter chapter rejoice, and then over here in First Peter chapter four, it says, "So I go through everything, and then I'm supposed to like, be happy about it." Count it. What did James chapter one say? Count it all joy when you fall into different kind of temptations. But it does, and I just don't understand God why I'm supposed to take a licking. Remember the Timex commercial? Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Remember, there was a Timex commercial that went into like a cement truck, and fellow was washing out a cement truck, and it come down the trough. Y'all, some of y'all ain't old enough to remember that commercial, but some of y'all. But uh, yeah, it says here in First Peter chapter four to rejoice. I just rejoice in that you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Well, lastly, y'all have done good. Thank you for hanging with me. The last two verses I want to deal with tonight. 
First Peter chapter one, verse eight and nine. <clears throat> Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Folks, when the storm hits, when the storm hits, you're going to find out whether you're a fan or a follower. You're going to find out whether you're a superficial Christian or a solid Christian. You know, I mean, all of you know what superficial just means on the surface. I'm a Christian on the surface, but solid means to the core. And it doesn't mean you lose your salvation, absolutely not, but what it means is where's, how strong is my faith? Remember Peter, he saved, yet publicly, what did he do? Denied Jesus three times at one of the most needed hours. Remember the parable that Jesus told? Is your life built upon the rock or the sand? Remember that one? I think about Job and what he went through in his life. And uh, he said a couple of things. He said when he found out his family had died, he lost a bunch of possessions. He said the Lord has gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he went out and worshipped. To God to give us strength. I think about the, the Apostle Thomas when he said, Lord, I believe you. He said, Thomas, you believe me because you've seen me. He said in John chapter 20, he said this. He said, blessed are they who have not seen, yet have believed. And that's what it says here. You know what? You know, guess who? Hey, hey, guess who was present listening in when Jesus told Thomas that? Peter. He said the 11 were there. Thomas had been absent the first time. The second time, remember when Thomas was smart? He said, well, unless I see his holes in his hands and the holes, da, da, da. And guess, guess who's sitting there? Guess who's listening? And guess who writes this later under the inspiration of God? That's the Apostle Peter. He said, we haven't seen yet. We believe. We will receive the fullness of our salvation. Let me ask you this. If we're, if we're going to have revival, if we're going to have revival, and I, I want my faith to be solid. If we're going to have revival, I want to, it's going to start on our knees. If we're going to have revival, I've got to say, I know, dear Lord, you're in control of my life. If, you, if we're in revival, it, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's, we know it's all Him. Remember that understood part? Of, of the first part of the message when I said, can our church do greater things? Can, our, can we invite more people? Can, can we influence more people? Can we impact more people? Yes, greater things are possible because we understand if we do anything, it's through Him. It's not saying, well, preacher, we don't have the funds, or preacher, we don't, don't have the knowledge or the manpower. Or, preacher, let it be understood that anything we try, is based on His strength. Anything we try, we may strike out and say, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do now? That's our attitude. It should be anyway. Greater things are possible because we understand it's His strength. Can we have revival? 
based on His strength we can. Through Him we can. It's all based on Jesus. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank You for this time. I thank You for this opportunity to share Your Word. And Father, that, that we would listen to Your Holy Spirit tonight. And if we need to pray for revival, whatever we need to do to give it to you, help, our, help the gospel to continue to change our life. Even if we've been saved for 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, that the gospel would continue to change our heart and make it more like yours. May we have revival a changed heart. In Jesus' name, amen.